Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, it's your boy LS3. Welcome to another week at Medicine Ball. Another opportunity to be great. Another opportunity to advance. But you already know before we get into it, let that beat drop. Yes, yes. Welcome to Medicine Ball with your boy LS3. To be exact, and if you're in the shape, at least your brain should be. Welcome to Medicine Ball. We'll be focusing on giving your brain a six-pack. Medicine Ball is a podcast dedicated to the idea of exercising your mind, but what does that mean? It means actively thinking about and dealing with all situations by first seeking to do anything other than what you are normally programmed and or comfortable in doing. Now, if you're not someone who purposely looks for alternatives as opposed to reacting in ways that require little to no effort, because let's be honest, that's easier, this will first require that you start practicing the idea of looking at things with an unbiased point of view which in itself will increase your curiosity in life. Now, I already know most aren't used to this way of thinking, and like anything you want to get better at, it requires effort, practice, and hard work. Exercising your mind won't give you all the answers. You will, however, begin to live life with more empathy, understanding, and peace, while equipping yourself with more options and effective tools to help you deal with this thing called life, all right? So let's work. Now, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist. I am someone who has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder level one for 16 years, and I got to a point in life where I was looking at the person I was becoming versus the person I wanted to be. So whether you diagnose or not, or just someone who can use some hacks for this thing called life, welcome to Medicine Ball. This is your family. Let's go. You already know, man, so... I appreciate you. You could have chose to be anywhere in the world, but you chose to be with me. I never take y'all lightly for that. This week's episode, when life throws you a curveball. What are y'all going to do, man? When when life throws you a curveball, what can you do? And we're going to get right back into it, man. So I'm going back to the roots this week, man. I started off initially by relating a lot of my experiences to sports and the way that I looked at sports. I strayed away from that a little bit, but this week I'm going to bring y'all right, right back. All right. So when life throws you a curveball, man. So uh, when I was younger, maybe around 10 or 11 ish, um, to be honest with you, I, I think about it now from time to time, even today. But the sport that I was probably most gifted at and I wasn't looking at money and doing research. And I mean, I, I'm going to sound old, but like I was using an AOL anyway, but it's just like social media and numbers and what sports get you whatever type of salary and whatnot it wasn't as public as it is right now but baseball my my the, the sport I would probably have to say that I was most naturally gifted at was baseball so around 10 or 11 um we had this baseball team we played for and um at this point I think I was uh, it was in Georgia it was in College Park and like they were good and like me and my brother are like two years apart so I was on another team initially, and he was on that team, and that team was fired then. They were fired. They were so good that they took all the other team's best players to make, like, when they had the All-Star game, they took all the other team's best players and put them together to play against uh, that team. So the next year comes up, all of them get another age uh, older, and so now I'm able to join a part of the team. And on the previous year, the team I was on, I was really carrying the team. Uh, I want to say that I even, um, I'm not going to say I was the best player on that team, but I kind of will. So for those who don't know, I know a good amount about baseball due to my time playing. And uh, I ended up taking a liking to play in the catcher position. It was real cool to me to put on all the 
protective gear. It was kind of like you were suiting up. You were going out there and like, um, this was in a bl black community, but they was like really serious about the baseball techniques. You know, I was trash talking behind the plate, catching, whatever, whatever. Long story short, this is what I learned about like batting positions because I was put into the number four batting spot. Now, for those of you mothers, fathers, and people who watch baseball and those, for those of you who may not, uh, number four, the nor number four position is called the cleanup position. And they call it the cleanup position because you get three outs, but you expect one of those top three guys to at least get on base. So the cleanup is supposed to be the hitter that could possibly drive in runs or, you know, get guys to advance on the base. It's somebody who was guaranteed almost to make contact and not just contact, but to put the ball in play to where it's not an out. So I was the cleanup batter and it was like really, really big for me to, for the coach to be like, yeah, man, like I, I just remember one time I was at the plate and, um, my team wasn't this good at this time because, like I said, at this time, my brother was still two years below. But, like, it was a close game against, like, one of the best teams. And it was, like, two outs, and I was batting. It was, like, ninth inning, and I remember my coach being like, man, you the cleanup batter. Clean it up. Bing! Knock that joint out there, right? So, anyway, the coach um from my brother's team, I guess him and my dad had a relationship through work, but he was looking at me. And I didn't even really know they, they took it serious, man. He was looking at me to see if I could catch right because he had a picture. Uh, shout out to JoJo, my man Cozy, who was the catcher. But, like, those dudes was throwing the ball fast as heck for their age, man. It was smoking, guys. So, basically, I made the team the next year. And my coach was upset. The team I played for was the A's, and I was moving to the White Sox. And, I mean, I wanted to be, you know, a part of something big where I could compete and whatnot. So, I get on the team. And mind you, these boys have been together for like five or six years. They're only 10 years old at this point. So pretty much a majority of their life, they've been playing together, the same positions, et cetera, et cetera. And like I was like the big bro almost because I would watch their games after mine. And the catcher, his name was Cozy. Um, long story short, I ended up taking his spot. But it was more so because of my ability to hit more so than my ability to catch. Um, and um, I mean, I wasn't bad, but they moved him to first base. So... I start off the season excellent. I'm hitting good. And then I don't know what happens. I just get a slump. And I'm talking a bad slump to where I can't even make contact with the ball anymore, no matter what I do. And, like, my father, shout out to my dad, man, because I can honestly say, like, regardless of me and him relationship or where we at or the things we've been through, like, that guy's never been absent. He always been around. You know what I mean? He's a little rough in some situations. But as I'm older and I look back and understand it, I don't hold anything against him. But he was always around. And I'm saying that to say, like, he took me to the batting cages and everything. And, like, we were serious. We was, like, traveling and stuff. So it was, like, the batting cages was, like, 60, 70 miles per hour. I'm, like, 11 or 12. So um, I was in the batting cages burning mad quarters and everything. And it's, like, me and my dad, I was younger. But my relationship with him was just kind of like, eh. And... He was a coach for that team, and at this point, he had moved up to being, like, a for-real coach. So, at first, when he was with my brother, it was kind of like, he's around, he gives instruction. But when we moved up, I got the picture right now with a minute from the championship, foreshadowing, hint, hint. But um, he was telling me, because he wasn't there, he wasn't my coach on my team, just on my brother's team. He was like, you're dropping your shoulder when you swing, you're dipping your shoulder. Now, anybody who plays baseball or knows about hitting. And this is not a, a male or female thing because there's moms who take their kids out and they know what I'm talking about. When you swing, depending on how you hold your elbow and your back, 
If you dip your shoulder, your back shoulder, the shoulder furthest away from the pitcher, if you dip your shoulder when you swing, it's going to make your swing go in an under motion, which is not going to connect with the ball. So you got to remember, I was naturally gifted. I was almost just like swinging and like always constant contact, big hits and everything. And man, I was in a slump for like a month. And I remember my dad being like, yo, you dipping your shoulder. And because it was him or because maybe I wasn't used to him coaching me, I was just like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm trying to hold my shoulder up. I'm trying to hold my back shoulder up, et cetera, et cetera. So we get to a point to where Cozy, the catcher, is now back at catcher. They got me playing out in like middle field or something like that. And I'm frustrated because I'm, I'm still a year older, even though they moved up and I'm the big bro. You know, and I remember my other coach from the previous year walked up to me, and this was the first All-Star game. He was like, man, what happened? I seen you take some shots out there last year. Now, mind you, I'm like 11 or 12 years old, but and I'm not knowing like how I know parents can be about their kids' sports and things of that nature. I'm not knowing that, right? So um, I remember taking that to heart. So this was a speed bump in life. It was just a bump. And in the next seg, I'm going to explain more about just the speed bump in life. But at, at the end of the day, I had to stop and pause, right? And I had to really be like, yo, my dad really is looking at me while I'm swinging. Because while I'm swinging, like, don't get me wrong. I'm trying to focus and putting all my focus into keeping my uh, back shoulder up as I'm swinging. But it's just like, it's dipping because I'm not making contact. So I'm like, okay, let me pause first. Let me slow down. Let me slow down and look at my swing and talk to my father and see what he's talking about. And it was really a dry, uh, uh, at first initially a misunderstanding on my part in communication because I was being high-headed and I was going too fast. Where I had to pause for a second. I had to break for a second, put on the brakes for a second and be like, let me see what he's talking about. And with talking to him, I started realizing, right? So I had to get an understanding like, yo, he is standing to the to, to the outside he's watching me in the batting cage swing a hundred uh a hundred swings like he may see something so i had to understand that let me see it from his perspective really listen to him and really understand what he meant by dipping my shoulder so i had to slow my swing all the way down to where i could see what was going on and then at that point i had to maneuver a bit little differently so i had to maneuver and what i mean by that i had to mentally make some adjustments I had to be like, okay, let me get in the habit of finding what it is that's causing my shoulder to drop and make some adjustments. Let me maneuver around a little bit in the batter's box as well. I took a step backward a little bit to give me some time and I committed into learning it. And I realized that for me, to, in order to keep my shoulder from dipping on my swings because of the type of swinger I was, I had to uh, point my elbow up. So if I pointed my elbow up, before I went to swing, I started making contact again. And the thing that I had to realize was once I made that adjustment, I had to trust in myself and push through. I had to go ahead and accelerate and push through and, and commit to it. You can't get up there playing around like, let me see. I had to commit to it, and I started making contact again, man. I got back up there. We won the championship. Um, that picture's down in my garage of me and my brothers and my brother and the team and my dad is along with the awards and the trophies and everything. And when life throws you a curveball, what can you really do? 
Alright, so I just wanted to give y'all the story because in this next seg, I'm going to go into it a little bit more. I want to get back to the roots, medicine ball related to sports. Real quick before I go into this break, follow my Patreon, Medicine Ball LS3. The Patreon, also go check me out at MedicineBallLS3.com. That website, I've still been working hard. You guys, behind the scenes, is coming. All my social medias, uh, Medicine Ball LS3. Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Go check me out. If you're listening to this, it is available now everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, Spreaker, Breaker, FM Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, all of that. Please support me. Reach out to me. Um, if you have a question or a suggestion for things that I could do better that makes you listening more more of an enjoyable experience, a more of a relatable experience, email me, medicineballls3 at gmail.com. Some people do. I check those. I need y'all to interact with me. Let me know what y'all want to see so I can bring it to y'all so we can go ahead and spice this thing up, all right? Yo, Medicine Ball, season two. This is episode three, when life throws you a curveball, all right? We're going to be back with the next seg. Check this beat, and we'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, gentlemen, and ladies, welcome back to Medicine Ball with your boy LS3. If you aren't in shape, at least your brain should be. Welcome back to Medicine Ball where we focus in on giving your brain a six-pack and exercising your mind. Hey, y'all already know, man. Beat produced by LS3 as well. Man of many trades, man of many trades, and I'm going to go right into it. Because let's fast forward 15, I'm going to say 18 years later from that previous story where I was like, 11 or 12, I'm older now, wiser, want to do more things, and even as I tell this story subconsciously, man, so much of my father is me and vice versa, he's playing golf now, and like, when I'm talking about this dude who played golf, like, your daddy can't be my daddy, I don't care who he is, you get your daddy and get some clubs, and I get my daddy, after COVID, of course, you know, I got to stay consistent, man, caring about others voluntarily in desperate times. Because it's real out here. We're going to talk about that more because I got something big coming up with that. But your daddy can't beat my daddy in golf, man. When I'm talking about this dude is a meticulous dude. And some things I get from him, but others I wish I did. Like, this guy has everything. He really one of those dudes you cannot buy anything from. And when I say everything, I'm talking about golf ball retriever. Laser-guided uh, golf uh, handheld gripper. Uh, and what that is is... It's just pretty much the top of the golf club, and you hold the grip, and it has a laser pointer. And when you swing it, the laser shows you where you're where you're swinging. Hint, hint. I have another problem in this area, in this part of my life, with something with my swinging and my shoulder, man. I don't know, but he has books meticulously hole punched and printed out with the golf tips that he sticks to. When he goes in about something, my man is on it, organized, knows where everything is, and is prepared for any and everything. So I decide, you know what, I'm going to get into golf. I think at this point I was just just being diverse, wanting to be different as usually. But I would just started off by like a bet, I think, with my cousin. And we ended up at the driving range. And my cousin and them, like my dad been playing golf for years, like bringing home trophies at these major things. And like they know he play. So this is like more of my more urban side of the family. 
But they was always getting on me like, man, I know you can play. Your dad is low. You know, LS3, my Lorenz. I'm the third. He's, he's, he's Jewish, so they call him low. Your dad low. Your dad low. I know you can play golf. And that's how it started, and I took a liking to it. And I start off with driving. And uh, for those of you golfers, male, female, all races, all types, like, I was going to a little dope spot. It's not even there no more. And I'm not going to put out where, well, I can put it out where it was. It was on North Druid Hills uh, near Stone Mountain, Georgia. Like Steve Austin used to be at this driving range or whatever, whatever. But they had pros and everything there. And I heard one of them casually say to me like, yeah, it could take five to seven years just to get your drive right. I was like, what? So drive for show, putt for dough. My golfers know what that means. Drive for show, putt for dough. We're not talking about your putt, putt. But driving, let's start with driving. So for those of you who don't know, driving is when your ball is starting on the tee and you get to make that first hit um, to get the ball towards the hole. So real quick, crash course for anybody who don't know anything about golf. When they talk about pars and all of that, like they might be like Tigers on hole eight and it's a par three. That means that the average player can get the ball from wherever the start is into the hole within three putts. So Tigers should theoretically be able to do it within two which is a uh, eagle, I believe, but, and I might be wrong, Dag. Anyway, but long story short, so driving is the part where you have to hit it. Now, it seems easy enough, but I've been on some, some for real golf courses, and it's like, it's all fun and games when that joint is like the same, let's just say if it's a football field. It's all fun and games. You got a lot of margin of error, but you get to some points where you got to hit it over a lake, hit it in between these trees, Maybe hit it over a little pathway, and that's just to get it to it. So drive for show. It looks good if you can hit it long and hard and everything, but putt for dough, and we'll talk about this on another episode because I don't need to talk about the putting right now, is where the money is made because it's a lot of guys who can't get that thing in when it's close. So long story short, it goes from a competitive thing with golf into really getting serious about it and wanting to go to courses. And the first time I went to a course, I realized, like, you know, it's some 70-year-old millionaire white dudes just sitting right there looking at us, waiting on us to hurry up. You can't be out here effing around and whiffing and taking practice swings, as they would call it, when you swing and you miss the ball. So I was like, I'm going to get my driving game on. And my cousin just like, I don't know, hand-eye coordination, man. He going to make contact with it. When I first started out with the golfing, man, I could not make contact. And I was swinging too hard. I was swinging too hard. And it had got to the point one day where I was swinging so hard, like the next day I woke up and my like wrist and my hand was swollen. I was like, I know this ain't right. This is not even fun. I was swinging too hard. And then when I did make contact with the ball, it was sliced. Um, and that's where it immediately goes straight to the left or the right, for those of you who don't know. And again, me and my dad's shaky relationship. I'm older now. I understand a couple of more things. And maybe there's some resentment still there that I hadn't let go of. But it's like... Why don't you ask this dude? So eventually I asked my dad. <clears throat> and my dad is a is an ish popper. You know, I get a lot of that from him. My wittiness, even though I've calmed down a lot, like my wittiness and my quick wit and my ability to say some slick ish that's going to make you upset and just hurt you to your soul without insulting you. I don't know. It's a gift and a curse. So now I got to go to this guy and ask him to show me something because I know he got the knowledge. And at this point, I'm old enough to be like, let me at least ask him. But I knew it was going to be some ish talk. Damn, you can't even hit the ball. Just, I remember the first time I went out there with the driving range with him. This dude literally took three balls and just threw them on the ground. I was like, just try to hit three in a row. Methodical, man. I love my dad. But um, he looks at my swing and he was like, man, you gripping the club way too hard. And you're swinging too hard. 
And at that point, I was like, man, what is this dude talking about, man? Like, how can you not swing at this yard? These folks be making that joint go 300 yards. And I know I'm stronger than them. Plus, it feel a little bit slippery. I don't want this joint to end up in a, like, out here. Like, some of y'all know, man, y'all don't been at the driving range or even on the course, and you ain't grip your club tight enough. And I'm going to get to that because even as I'm telling y'all this, I realize why some people who can't hit the ball have let a club go. But I was like, I'm not going to let it go. Son. You're gripping it too hard. You're swinging too hard. Golf is a relaxation sport. So at this point, I'm a little bit older. And we'll just call this another speed bump. There's a reason I'm referencing all these the speed bumps because it's going to be a key in my last say. Another speed bump in life. Now, I was still a little hot-headed, and, but at this point, I was wise enough to realize, like, I don't even think I went back to the, bat, the, the batting story in my mind, but I was just like, yo, let's listen to him. Long story short, ladies and gentlemen, I was gripping the club way too hard and I was swinging too hard. So I had to pause, realize, and even with pausing, that's something that I say from here uh, every now and then that people some catch. Um, I'll say, man, step off the green. And they don't know what that means, but that's golf talk, man. If you need if you need to get your nerves together or calm down or it's a big hit, and it, yo, you, you up there by yourself, golf a one-man sport, step off the green. So I had to pause. I had to speed bump. It was a speed bump in life. I had to break first. Stop. Step off the green, literally, as my father told me. He'd be like, listen, this dude knows what he's doing. At this point, he's 71. I'm not sure how old he was then, but he was definitely, uh, in my mind, shouldn't have been able to hit the ball consistently and further further than me on every try with the with the uh, lower iron, like with a seven iron. And we're going to get into that in another episode for you golf heads. But I was like, all right. So I had to uh, take a break, break, stop. I had to understand who I was dealing with. This dude was, I think, might have been on the cusp of retirement, if not retirement. All he do is watch golf, play golf, no golf. Understand what's going on. Understand, you know, let's get some wisdom for this guy. Then I had to make a maneuver, a mental maneuver and a slight maneuver physically as well. The mental maneuver was to soak up the knowledge from the OG. Because uh, my dad done gone out with his friends, and he been he bring home the trophy enough to, to pop off about it. He he do his thing. Like, he's played with some—I ain't even going to put that out there, but he's played with, like, people. Y'all, you'll be shocked. But let me, let me maneuver mentally, okay? Understand him, and then I maneuver physically. It was a watch to, to looking at the time. That was the maneuver. So with the baseball swing, it was pointing my elbow up. With the golf swing, it was looking at the time. And what I mean by that— as I stand up and hold my hands with the popper grip. First thing I had to do to alleviate me holding the club so hard is when you're holding it, even if you're somebody who don't know nothing about golf, when you, you, you're going to get out there and if you're listening to this, you're going to know something. When I went for my backswing, I turned my wrist over to look at like I was looking at my watch. And that in turn gave me, and I'm not even going to flex, man. My dad pointed the watch joint out to me. Shout out to him. I ain't going to flex. So when I turned my wrist to look at the time, it bent the club in the proper way and kept my elbow in the proper way to where my load up was cleaner. From there, I just kept hearing in my mind, son, golf is a relaxing sport. It's out there to relax. I swing through after my maneuver. And this is the thing. I had to accelerate. I had to push through, push forward. I had to commit to what I had understood and made maneuvers and adjustments for and swing all the way through, all the way to it's around my back. I started making contact consistently. And not only that, 
since I had my technique down, thanks to my pops, I was able to start like hitting the ball where I wanted to. Not only that, I was able to now take other clubs and show off a little bit for people who didn't know nothing. Like I love going to Top Golf. Like I don't care if you you could be able to do a thousand push-ups and all of that. Like I had one dude, man. Shout out to my boy Peppy. This dude was just an athlete. I just feel like he was good in everything, video games and everything. But when we went to Top Golf, it was my time to shine, man. So another bump, another bump, and I was able to get over it. Do to understanding the situation and even though that wasn't a baseball it was still a curveball you could look at it and when life throws you a curveball what y'all gonna do with it what are you gonna do when life throws you a curveball and what are these things that i've been hinting at talking about breaking and bumps in the road you already know man seg three we're gonna wrap it up and i'm gonna give y'all my acronym and what i've been explaining and how you can work it into your life and to start looking at things from an unbiased point of view and just, you know, exercising your brain, becoming that person you always wanted to be, all right? Medicine Ball with your boy, LS3. If you're in the shape, at least your brain should be. And if you rock with me, we're going to do just that. Give your brain a six-pack. Check this beat. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and wrap this episode up, man. When life throws you a curveball. So in my first seg, I actually related a story about me having trouble batting when I was younger, playing baseball. And um, that being kind of a speed bump. In my second seg, I related again me uh, golfing to having to adjust and a speed bump. So here's the key, man. I ain't going to hold y'all long. Speed bump. Life throws us plenty of speed bumps and obstacles. I like to prefer them, prefer to call them speed bumps. And what most people do with speed bumps is they speed up and then they go over. Speed up, speed bump, bump. But let me break this down for you, man. When you go through bumps in life, I use the acronym bump because there's a couple of things that you can do. And this is the idea behind exercising your mind and just becoming more of a maverick and a more skillful thinker. The first thing you have to do is break. And I said that a couple of times. And you already know, you guys know me, palm tree life, man. Ben, no, don't break. So I mean break as in stop. You have to stop what you're doing when you uh, have a speed bump in your life. Even a speed bump for real, for real. The first thing you have to do is slow down and stop. And that leads me straight into the the next part. You have to understand or go about trying to seek to understand exactly what your situation is, what the variables are, what's going on, the do's, don'ts, ifs, and if nots, the was and wasn't. You have to have understanding. So even in my seg, I can relate it to y'all. I had to have understanding that 
and this is going to lead straight into my next part, but I had to have some understanding about my dad being the person, um, giving me the point of view and had to understand like, yo, this is somebody who's able to see it from another perspective, another angle, literally. But that's what we talk about when it comes to medicine ball and exercising your mind, man. You have to be able to look at things unbiasedly and be open to all things. So when you meet a speed bump, you want to break, which is stop, understand, and then you have to maneuver. B-U-M-P, you have to maneuver. Because once you get an understanding, the understanding is, is nothing if you don't know how to make adjustments. So whether that be a physical adjustment or a mental adjustment where you have to change the way you think, change the way you're looking at something in order to get really, truly to a better place. And when you maneuver your mind after you pause and understand and you go to start maneuvering your mind the next thing you have to do p man you got to push through and by push through you have to trust that whatever you were able to understand and stop and understand and look at and gain from the situation you have to trust your adjustments and not only that you have to fully commit to your adjustments and when i say fully commit to your adjustments you have to Put the effort. You can't half-ass it. Let's be honest. Whatever you're doing. So whether you want to be a more understanding person or whether you want to increase your relationship with God or whether you want to be a person who listens more, who loves more, or whether you want to be a more diplomatic person or maybe you're somebody who wants to learn to deal with your stress, your depression, your anxiety in the same way. If you are... Ran into a speed bump and then you bumped my acronym, which is break, stop, understand, maneuver, and then push through. You have to trust that your push through you fully commit to. Just like my golf swing. Just like my baseball swing. I couldn't half-ass it. I had to trust that I paused and did the necessary steps required to understand and implement those steps in order to make them work. And you have to go all the way because you have to really know if what you're doing is working. So if you are able to sit back and able to analyze a situation and say, hey, I'm going to come at it from a different angle, but you're not fully committed to that. It's going to be some hitch in your swing. It's going to be some hitch in your follow through. And since you're not all the way committing, the outcome isn't going to be what it could possibly be. And that may hinder you altogether from even thinking you were going in the right direction. So. If you trust yourself enough, which you should, you know, as we exercise our mind to understand the type of person you are, what your triggers are, what things you're keen to and what things you're not, you have to trust your plan and you have to commit to it all the way. Because if not, if you have asked whatever you're committing to after you've planned and, 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 and whatnot, it's not going to work. And then you're going to start to second guess yourself when you may have had it all along. So once you maneuver and make these adjustments, you have to commit to your plan. And that means committing to the idea that it may not work. But at least you will know for sure because you committed it and you don't have to second guess. So when we're in life and life throws you that speed bump, 
I'm sorry. Life throws you that curveball, i.e. speed bump or obstacle or chance to change up or something to that nature. Make sure that whether it's right or wrong, whatever your adjustments was and your maneuver was, you commit to it. So that way, if it doesn't work, you don't have to second guess. You will know, hey, I can throw that out the way and move on to the next thing. So that's my goal for y'all this week, man. It's something simple. When you run into a speed bump, and you will, because life's full of them. That's the beautiful thing about life, man. If life was redundant, if there were no speed bumps, you would just speed through it and not enjoy it. The speed bumps allow you to slow down, analyze it, and sometimes you can enjoy situations that you never thought you could or you never saw that point of view before. So I encourage y'all to practice that this week, man. When life throws you a curveball, look at it as a speed bump and take that acronym. The first thing you want to do is break, as in stop completely. And you have to stop completely so the next thing you can do is understand what's really going on, what the situation is. And you need to make sure that you're honest and put an effort into understanding so that you can maneuver. Maneuver. And that doesn't necessarily always mean a physical maneuver. Sometimes it could be a mental maneuver, such as changing how you look at something, changing how you accept something. And then after that, trust that you've made the proper adjustments and fully commit. So that way, if it doesn't work, you don't hinder yourself from either moving on to the next thing or finding out what it was. Because if I would have half-assed my baseball swing, or if I would have not trusted my maneuvers and my adjustments that I made when it came to my golf swing I wouldn't have been as successful to making contact consistently with the ball and that's what we're about consistently making contact with your goals your plans your dreams consistently making contact and being able to deal with them consistently that's what it's about and so with that I want y'all to practice that and I appreciate y'all now before I get up out of here man um you know I wanted to uh Go straight into it. I've been getting away from uh, my medicine ball a little bit, but I have to go ahead and shout out the plugs. Again, medicineballls3.com is up and running. Medicineballls3.com. If you need to holler at me, reach out to me. Medicineballls3 at gmail.com. My social medias, come support me. My numbers is going up, man. I've been working hard, y'all. I'm doing it myself. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Twitter. Medicine Ball LS3 or LS or at LS3 Ball. Instagram, Medicine Ball LS3. Facebook. All my links are really under the Medicine Ball uh, LS3.com. So if you go there, you'll be able to link into everything in the Patreon. So I posted up my Patreon from the last week's episode, PhD. And enough people weren't subscribed to that tier for me to really think it's worth it. So if you didn't hear it, number one, you're probably not subscribed to my Patreon. Number two, I'm trying to get more people in that tier. And I will continue to release it. So please go support me. And I implore y'all, man, message me, inbox me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email. I will listen. And let me know because I'm about to start bringing on guests. And I'm trying to see if it's going to be next week or the week after I'm going to have my first guest up here. And um, we're going to start talking about y'all, man. So... Listen, I appreciate y'all rocking with me. You could have chose to be anywhere in the world today and you chose to rock with me. I never take that lightly. And whether you're somebody who's diagnosed or you know someone who's diagnosed or maybe you're just a regular one of the millions of regular people who could just use some hacks, 
for this thing called life. Somebody is here who believes in you. And I, I, I definitely know that you guys can do this. Whether you're somebody who's going through a tough time, you can hit the curveball life throws you. I believe in you, all right? Reach out to me until we meet again. Stay up. I love y'all. And I'm out. Yeah, yeah.